Hey guys, you're listening to Don't Alert The Stands. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please can you like, rate and star it and help us to reach our goal of 100 stars by the end of the season. Your support means the world and we really want to reach our goal. Thank you. Brilliant. And also just let you know those stars, what happens when you review is we are more searchable so people can find our podcast. And then we'll be able to get more guests we'll be able to do longer episodes and yeah it just makes the podcast flow much easier so any support would be amazing but yeah enjoy the episode cool just wanted to send some words of encouragement y'all stay focused y'all keep working hard believe in yourself prove everybody that doubts y'all wrong show up every day stay pure keep your heart pure stay motivated stay inspired Show love to your people from Nick Hustle. R.I.P. Nipsey, the marathon continues. Hello guys and welcome to a new episode of Don't Alert The Stands. You are here today with your hosts Eads McKenzie and Nick Terrell and Chopper. Brilliant. And how was your week guys? So my week was um, really like a bit mood damaging just because of the Nipsey Hustle news. But you know, we go again, the marathon continues and um, we'll speak about him a bit later, man. But RIP Nipsey. Yeah, that news in particular was very sad. Um, luckily that week I had my very first therapy session, session which I was really happy about. Well done. Um, so I spoke about some of those feelings that came from that situation. Um, but yeah, Nipsey Hustle passing was, boy, that was something. Was that a black therapist? Yeah. Yeah, black man. Ooh, lit. Mm. Yeah, so it was, it was really good. Really, really good. I feel much better. Um, so yeah, and anyone else have anything to say? So once again, I'm tired. Capitalism sucks. <laughs> but um, I started the day, not the day, later in the day after we recorded last week, I got to see No Name at O2 Shepherd's Bush Empire, which was amazing. She put on an incredible show. Even bought me a t-shirt because I was just I had that much fun, which I don't really do for most people. I've only bought like much like three times in my life. But um, no, she was amazing. So I implore any of you that get a chance to see her, um, wherever you guys are living, to go check out her show. But I just was saying to Eden and Nick that I was just extremely puzzled at how the crowd was overwhelmingly white, and she even pointed out herself. So what did she say? Well, I told you, you said like, oh, n- London, where the niggas at? <laughs> that sentence is jokes to me. Because <laughs> I I walked into the crowd, not even, not even inside, when I was just lining up, and I was like, there's bare white people here. Boy. Bare white people here. Not, I'm once again, not surprised, because I've been to bare shows, and I've always, I'm always saying, I feel like the blackest show I've been to was my sort of January and Tank. There was literally no one white there. <laughs> no one white was there. That yeah. was like I came, everyone was black. I'm not surprised by that information. Either. And over 35. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm not surprised. At <laughs> but all. no name. I just did not think that I was going to see. Obviously, I knew there'd be a lot of white people, but not the majority. Like I had to look for black people when I got inside. Like, Boy. I was looking around me. I had to like look. Like that's so strange. Boy. Especially when I think about what her music. Her music is very 
It's very black. It's spoken word though. Okay, but it's black. No, but it's like, and I don't know. You keep saying that, but I don't, when it's spoken word, have been like a predominantly white intro. No, no, I don't mean that. I mean it's like it's it's kind of safe. Like Is it? her type of music is kind of safe in comparison to. Um, I wouldn't say her music safe. Sonically, not at all. You don't think sonically no, it's quite safe? No. Oh, maybe that's just the way I feel about her it. Her music personally. borrows heavily from like neo soul and like alternative hip hop. I wouldn't say neo soul's fairly safe. You don't for, think Neo Soul's safe? When I say safe, I mean in, t- in terms of the, the the way it sounds sonically, it's quite a comfortable type of listen. Yeah, but it's a... Yeah, comfortable, what do you mean? But is it safe from the mainstream? It's not a mainstream sound at all. What's well, not a mainstream sound? No names music. Sound is not at all palatable to mainstream people, to mainstream audiences. Hmm. I don't know. I'm just trying to figure out why there were more white people And you people say there. that, you say that, but the same token, if I want to go see Omar, I know I'm going to see an overwhelmingly white audience. Mm, that's true. And same when I've, see, I've seen Eric Badu, I've seen Jill Scott, I've seen D'Angelo, all new assault eyes. And when I went, those crowds were not overwhelmingly white. So what's your explanation for it then? I, that's the thing. I, I thought, I, <laughs> I spoke to my brother about it, I spoke to one of my friends about it. And he, we were all just like confused. It's like, that's, it's just very odd. It's, mm. just, it's just strange. I don't really speak to a lot of people in the UK who talk about no name like that. But that's, well, even, even going to my own, my own colleagues, um, the white people in my office don't get her, but the, all my my black colleagues they love her. So mm. I found it strange. And, 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 mm. and these people who work in music, so they love all types of music and music all the time, mm. and they don't get it. But yet their cousins were all there at the concert. That's very weird. That's very weird. Guess whites are not a monolith. But that being said, she was incredible. Great show. Love her. Love her. Love her. Love her. Um, but we'll move on to what we've been listening to this week, just so we can get that started. So do you think? Yes. Well, yeah, so I guess it's kind of obvious. Since the concert, I've been listening to a lot of No Name. So <laughs> I was about to say. My two recommendations would just be her mixtapes. Check out Telephone, check out Room 25, check out Song 31, and even, oh, Song 32, which dropped yesterday. An incredible song. So yeah, just a lot of No Name I've been listening to. And also I've got two quick ones. Marvin Gaye's What's Happening Brother. He actually dropped an album, well, Motown dropped an album of his last last week which i'll speak more in depth about next week and i didn't really listen to it the way i wanted to but for some reason i was inspired to listen to what's going on don't know why and one of my favorite songs on that album is what's happening brother so check that out and then also on the very 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 lastly amel larue's searching for my soul i'm not going to explain why i love the song just check it out amel larue searching for my soul nicholas so um i have been listening to young baby tape she is These an names. american rapper <laughs> from um, atlanta and um she dibbles in the realms of hip-hop and pop in my opinion so she released a project all girl centric all the girls were working behind the scenes in the visuals um across the songs features um bar one i believe called baby rose um <clears throat> If it is a girl, forgive me, but it sounds like a guy. But um, yes, this project is called Girls. It's 11 tracks long. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant record for someone who's just bubbling under the surface. She released other tracks throughout um, the year 2016, um, but she's back now. And this project is fucking phenomenal. If she could... 
amalgamate and mix together the realms of pop and hip hop. She does it just so well. She could be on the Hot 100 and she could be doing hip hop at the same time. It just works so well as a, um, a palette of both um, genre types. She sounds like no one I've ever heard before. She really just encapsulates what it is to be a ready-made artist um, who's not blown up yet and I just could not wait until she's hopefully at the periph- uh, at the um, mainstreams of rap um, not female rap rap um, so yeah Young Baby Tate this record is very melodic throughout some tracks I'd say to listen to are the um, album's intro which is called New Girl she interposes um, Aaliyah on there as well, which is really cool at the end of the record. Um, I'm more than a woman, she does, and she kind of spins the production on it. What's interpose? So where you um, kind you of... You mean interpolation? No, interpolation. Like, I... Yeah, I the shorter version of inter- interpolation. Oh, yeah, interpolation. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, I just pronounced it wrong. Um, or in a different way, potato, potato. But yeah, she it's more <laughs> than a woman. Aaliyah. <laughs> um, yeah, Aaliyah's more than a woman. And um, she goes on to her empowerment with Wild Girl, with Baby Mother, who is fucking phenomenal. She's like the hardest new rapper you could kind of get in terms of how she spits and she gives no fucks um playing with duality and all of that so there's a visual for that as well that just came out the other day and she does an amanda show skit um halfway throughout you know the girls room if you watch the amanda um show classic she did a skit of that classic but it television was with all black girls in there which was just great um all black girls in the visuals too it's just oh she's just so different to what the atlanta scene's looking like so I fuck with um, Young Baby Tay, and besides that, I've just been spinning some Nitsy Hustle. Um, it's been the marathon continues kind of week. Um, I won't get into that because whoever listens to Nipsey, you know, you know what he's about that empowerment, empowerment message. Um, Crenshaw's been getting spun his um, Victory Lap album as well. So that's me, Eden. Uh, so I have been listening to two projects this week. So first is First Signs of Me by Hamza fucking love this album um i would suggest listening to stranded love and breathing two very beautiful songs um and like i've said in the past when i know a song is good is when i wish that i wrote it um and literally breathing i wish i wrote that song stranded has a remix with retch free 2 and gets sorry no breathing has a remix with retch free 2 and gets um but in terms of the way it sounds it's a very very beautiful project and i hope she continues to make beautiful music as she grows as an artist next album was like nick said like nick said sorry um a nipsey hustle album so i listened to slawson boy too fucking bangs like i said this ages ago that um when he passed i said i wasn't really that big on nipsey's music in terms of like researching and listening to it i knew who he was but the first album i played by him was um Ah, what's the most recent one called again? Victory Lap. Victory Lap, that's it. So that was the first album I played by Nipsey Hussle, but I knew who he was. I watched a few interviews and stuff like that. And I was unfortunately one of the people who, um, because of like his comments towards, because of his perceived comments towards um, the LGBTQ community, I was one of those people who just kind of assumed he was a type of way. Um, if you listen to the very early episodes, I was like, ah, oh, but Nipsey Hussle, I thought we cancelled him and stuff like that. Um, and I own that. I definitely own that. Oh, he, he- his, some of his comments were homophobic but that's was well, not okay but you can still enjoy his music what you mean in the breakfast club interview and also on instagram 
Oh, okay, if that's the case, because I did see the. He the, was clarifying those comments on the Breakfast Club, but some people still may take offense to that. So yeah, some of those fine. comments were still problematic. Yeah. yeah. So, well, it's not fine, but. It's fine either way if you want to, if you yeah. don't. Yeah, so I've given his music a listen. Um, so I loved Victory Lap. I thought it was a great project. It's one of the best albums released last year, in my opinion. Um, and I'm happy that it got to the Grammys, even though we should stop kind of giving the Grammys the kind of success we kind of give it by saying it's all oh, this massive thing but we see the way they treat our artists and black people in general and it's just not on um and slawson boy 2 is actually my favorite to be honest um i love the way it sounds i love the motivational music behind it the motivational messages and how he talks about how you just need to go get it you need to work towards it you need to have like all of these like quotables that are just like mantras they're like um uh, what's that thing what's the thing you say in the mirror to yourself affirmations it's like loads of affirmations and when you're listening to it and you're doing something and say like i'm editing a podcast or um, i'm working on my business and stuff and i'm listening to it, i'm like yeah i can actually do this and that's what nipsey hustle was about and that's why so many people were brokenhearted when he died because he is this he was this man who just wanted the best for his community wanted the best for the people that were around him um and yeah, when I heard about his death, I was really sad because as a person and as kind of like a black leader in his community, it's a massive shame, massive, massive shame. It's like um, you give somebody so much time to just improve their situation and they're improving it. They're doing all of these things and then they're just gone and their work is still there and the work they've put in is still there like the marathon store um all of those businesses that he set up i think he'll set up a soul restaurant a soul food restaurant um and investing further in his community but now that he's gone it's and just like apartment complexes yeah so should we just segue into the news if you're done with well we are seg- we are segueing yeah, in yeah, a way just, so yeah we're just, just basically saying, saying that like what I'm saying that Nipsey Hussle's death touched me as a black man personally, because it made me feel like, what more can we do? Like this man, um, he was affiliated with the Crips. Um, in the past, he has admitted to living a certain lifestyle, but he improved his situation. And not just that, he improved the situation of other people around him. And he made sure that the people of his city were cool. And he wanted to make sure that they understood that if you worked hard enough, you could get to a certain point. And the fact that he's done all of that and then yet he's died in the way that he died. As a black man, that makes me think like, what can, like, what can we do? Like in terms of how do we hold legacies? Do you, I don't know if you understand what I mean, but it's just like very sad to see so, a black man doing the right things, doing all the right things in the world. And he ends, his, his life is ended so tragically just like that. And yeah, I don't know how it made you guys feel. Um, so I stayed up all Sunday night pretty much, got like two hours sleep on Sunday night because I saw that he'd allegedly got shot around six o'clock on Sunday, seven o'clock in the evening. Um, our time, this is uh, British um, GMT, GMT, sorry, um, in England. So yeah, our time. And yeah, followed the story online. We were all praying as a community, as an echo chamber on Twitter, whatever, um, within my communities, both in America and in the UK. Um, And then not long after, 40 minutes after, um, it was revealed that he'd 
he'd lost the battle unfortunately and um died still wasn't really confirmed but people who were eyewitnesses um on the scene kind of said that it was the it was the case um and then it got confirmed by multiple news sources around the same time um I have a lot of thoughts around this Nipsey Hussle death. So I'm going to be very honest here and say that I cried not once, not twice, but three times over this. So I cried when it first happened because as if you know, if you listen to the podcast, I rated Nipsey's album number three out of 10 um, of the albums of last year. And it's not only because I listened to the album and sonically, I loved it. It's because I knew the journey. I knew the journey that Nipsey went through to get this album even to the light of day. I knew the label switches. I knew the deal he was signing with Atlantic because he spoke very publicly on his visits to the Breakfast Club, etc. in recent years. Um, And I knew the perfection that he wanted this album to be. There was no artist that spoke of Nipsey that didn't say he was working hard on his album when he was working on it years before. So he got Victory Lap out. He had about six to seven months no, sorry, a whole year and um, some change to enjoy the success of that. Double Up was a big single for him in terms of the visual. Laura London was in the visual. His wife, it was a embodiment of his success and all of that. The Grammy situation happened, which was, you know, great for his career, whatever, but he was already, he had that hood love already. Um, the streets already got his message. Um, and it was just so random. So that's what hit me, the shock, first of all. And then I started to see the message and the stories from people that were um, speaking on him. And that, that just had me some type of way in the night. I just couldn't believe that he died. I was like, no, like this, this cannot be real. This really can't. And it was only on Monday when I was at work at lunch that um, I watched a video of one of the people in LA um, that he touched that um, was related to his store, um, his marathon store. And she was speaking on his legacy and that she always had him as a source, not even just financially, just as a source. Whenever she needed him, he was there. Whenever he came to LA, he was there. Like he checked up on the community. So that just brought me to a place where I had lunch alone and dug out, like just cry it out to be honest. Um, and this week's been really bad for me in terms of accepting it. And I know it's been to the hip hop community, to the wider communities has been a very hard week and it's I'm going to remember this for the rest of my life um, I don't want to draw parallels and compare his legacy but I think I now finally know and these people didn't even have social media and stuff I finally know how people felt when Tupac died like I finally get it like obviously I know I feel it still is like oh Tupac he meant so much the messages that he gave to the community and stuff but in terms of feeling it and being there when someone dies in that moment real time and acknowledging and seeing that um it, it, it touched me in a different way and his, his legacy will will continue. Like the, the hip hop heads, the pop heads, whatever, they all kind of came together in different ways to speak on him. Um, and one thing I want to say is Source, you are fucking trash for posting that video. You are fucking disgusting for posting that video of him dying. TMZ's fucking TMZ, whatever. There was but, footage of him dying online? Yeah, it's online and that. it's still there. Um, Wait, when you say of him dying, you mean... Literally just... getting shot on Oh, right. Yeah, I did not know there. that. Wait, yeah. I, I... it's the Source reported. Yeah, TMZ put it up. It's there. Wait, there's some... Uh, Source the magazine? Source the hip-hop magazine, yeah. I didn't know they, that. Wait, they posted the video online. They did online. post the story. They did. How yeah. is that normal? They did, yeah. And TMZ. There are new TMZ obviously broke it and then uh the source commented on it a very historic hip-hop um imprint magazine so it's, it's disgusting for you to have done that do they do that normally 
I don't know, but it's disgusting. You, you shouldn't. It's just disgusting, in my opinion. TMZ do it regularly, obviously. Um, Samuel, um, as Gedum, his brother, was the person that found him dead, unfortunately. Um, and I just reach out and offer my greatest condolences to him, Lauren. You know, his mother, his parents, um, his 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 daughter, his his kids, all of that. Um, and I hope they never have to see that video, never. And um, Eric Holder. You deserve it all in prison. I don't give a shit. You deserve it all. That's it. That's what I have to say. R.I.P. Nipsey. The marathon continues. But yeah, R.I.P. Man. Um, I think I'm gonna try and find a clip of Nipsey and place it somewhere um, in this podcast. But yeah, yeah, definitely that's a shame. I do have things to say. Um, so first of all, I'm gonna say this to Eden. I don't think it's unfortunate that you only got into his music after he died. Um, as music consumers, as consumers in general, we all know there's just so much music out there to take. And um, as for me, uh, my Nipsey journey. So I'm only f- I was only familiar with him via his features. So he's featured in a lot of songs that I've liked, with other artists that I've liked. So that was how I. That's my connection to him as an artist. But pri- but outside of that. I just I've always seen and read the stories and even without listening to his music I've actually I have I have watched interviews of him just because I just think he was an interesting person and he always like dropped gems anyway and he was someone that I was aware of like Nick told me personally off the show and on the show Victor Lap Victor Lap Victor Lap Victor Lap Victor Lap it's a great album and my brother is a big fan of him my brother's a big fan of Nip I've heard him around my house so it wasn't like a case of I didn't want to listen to him it's just a case I just never got around to it but i too was also very hurt so i i remember when i found out i didn't wasn't online so i didn't see the initial report of him being shot i came home late and he was dead already Mm. and i was just like very shocked um one just because like any death always just shocks me it's like wow this person's dead and especially when i found out how old was he He was like 32 I'm not entirely sure. Yeah, I'm not, but yeah, that, that sounds. He was around. He was around 30 years old. So like, I just think about and I thought about. Oh wow, this guy has like very young children, like very young children. I feel like you're right. Um, and I thought about oh, Lauren London. So that's all the stuff. And then also, my mind instantly came to all the work he was doing within the community and trying to uplift people around him and just trying to change the situation of um disenfranchised youth um, in LA and also just 33 just for clarity just trying to spread his message so that was that's where my hurt came from because it's just kind of like it's kind of what Eden said so this guy turned his life around he was making the steps well he kind of already made the steps personally as an individual but he was now trying to um, I guess mirror that see that mirrored in people around him so that was where my my hurt came in and then I did over the week um, not, I haven't delved into it um, yet, but I did hear bits of Victory Lab and Crenshaw this week. And I was like, wow, what a shame. Like outside of just the humanitarian in him, but just like, wow, what a talent. Because mm. one thing to hear him on features, and he killed those features. Because like that was my connection to him as an artist, his features. And those are great too. But to hear him finally on his own songs, because like Nick, I also was aware that this guy was bubbling. For, well, I wouldn't even say bubbling. He's kind of been like, I guess, yeah, 
a veteran on the underground scene for a, a very long time. So it was nice to see him finally release an album on a major and have like the traditional trajectory of that his contemporaries would have. Yeah. But so to hear those songs this week, it was just like, wow, what just a talent. Like that always talents me when I just think about someone that young mm. and that's so talented. And it's like, wow, it's just like that. No more music's gonna come. We're not gonna see them grow as an artist artistically and mm. Um, Because even breaking down, I saw an interview of, um, he did, I can't remember what the platform was, but he was talking about how he breaks down the beats he picks and how he likes to have a lot of old school samples. And like I said, it's me, that's, I always say, I'm an uncle. I love, I love, that's my my favorite hip hop production, my hip hop production that sample, like basically take us to the roots, the samples, those old school soul and funk sounds. Yeah. And it kind of reminded me of like a lot of classic West Coast music because a lot of, early Snoop, a lot of NWA, a Definitely. lot of Tupac songs, a lot of Dr. Dre production is rooted in sampling those classic sounds. So that was um, my thoughts on that. Um, yeah, so just rest to me, it's a terrible, terrible, I just want to say, shame. as we've started talking about this, it's just been confirmed that his memorial will be held on Thursday at LA's Staples Center. So he'll have a big showing out for that. So... Yeah, R.I.P. Nipsey. And um, yeah, and so anyone out there, um, don't feel discouraged. Listen to his music because you came on late or whatever. Like, yeah, definitely. And even and this just goes for any artist. Like, think about the amount of artists who were like from much before our time. Of course, you could listen because you went around. So, it's not a bad thing if you want to now discover him now and start gassing how much you love his music. Because (laughs) why not? If his music is great, you found it. You shouldn't be shamed to be late. Yeah, or or whatever. Because. I, as we've discussed, only Nick here was a fan in in his lifetime. Yeah, and like I said, my issue wasn't because I didn't think he was shit or anything like that. I just, I just never got around to it. Mm. And that's many okay. artists. Exactly, yeah. there's lots of rappers yeah. out here, and that's okay. And yeah. also, guys, his family, the masters. So you know, his family will get the proceeds to your streaming and stuff. So and buying. So definitely just listen Lauren's hurting and, and stuff, just a so. quick fuck you to anyone who is shaming those people who are late to his music and yeah. generally who who's late to anyone like if you're late to anyone like haste fans like that fuck off anyway um moving on to some lighter news for the UK um oh moving on to some lighter news for the UK um last night our friend Drake brought out a special guest. My friend. I'm saying R in a sarcastic manner, Chopin. You know this. Stop <laughs> you trying. Know he's only friend of one person. trying. He's the one person. Drake. Yes, that's your friend. <laughs> anyway, it was sarcasm. So he's taken over the O2 and made it O3, and now he's surprised. What is, can us. somebody explain what that means? I don't know. I really don't. I don't care. <laughs> no, maybe, am I missing I really something? I think he just did it for the sake. Isn't it because he's doing three nights or something? No, he's doing like seven nights. Though. Oh, he's doing okay. bare nights. The Whatever. O2. It's a lyric, but I just don't understand what it means. <laughs> no one cares. Anyway. <laughs> No one cares. Let's get to the news. Let's focus on the UK artist that's out of jail. Anyway, Jay Huss is out of prison. And um, his first stop was Drake's tour. So Drake brought him out mid-tour, mid yeah midnight um, of the night on Friday. So if you're listening back this last Friday. And um, Jay Huss came out, man, to a big crowd. Tiffany Calvo was there from BBC, who was doing DJing as well before to warm up the crowd. And um, she pictures with him just uh, moments after, and it's on her Instagram as well. But yes, Jay Huss is free. People are ready for the summer hits. 
What are you guys' thoughts on Jay Huss being a free man? What are your thoughts? Well, I'm going to speak to Drill Minister um, later because there was an there was something that happened um, when he came out. I saw quite a few people on Twitter just talking about the fact that we were celebrating the fact that a guy who went to prison for um, holding a knife yeah. came out, um, especially during the current climate with knife crime and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and I just like to get someone who's in the music industry's views towards um, that type of situation, the motivation behind carrying a knife and stuff like that. Not because I'm assuming he will know but it's nice to get a kind of perspective from someone from a slightly different background to you or different environment. Um, but in terms of being, Jay Huss being out, it's a good thing. He, he seems to make a lot of people happy with his music. In terms of the way that I listen to him, I like some of his songs. I won't say I'm the biggest Jay Huss fan. Oh, I'm so glad we can say that. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not the biggest Jay Huss fan, what I'll admit that. There, I'm um, so glad we can say that. I do like some of his songs, like I said, so Common Sense. Um, I love the instrumental on that, and he's great with J5. Definitely. But in terms of, as a fan of the artist, I'm I'm genuinely not that Just big. I'm a casual fan. Yeah, yeah, casual listen. He, he has talent, yeah. it's very obvious, and he does the um, Afro swing thing well. He's yeah. one of the originators. And he has a for catchy songs, yeah, definitely. Exactly. And I think with his Afro swing thing, you can hear Jay Huss did it first, and you can hear the iterations of other people that have um, either gone to J5, J5's recording for everyone, pretty much. Mm. Um, and the people who have kind of uh, I don't want to say copycat in a way some have copycatted directly the style but some have taken inspiration and made it their own as well so J, um, J5 and J Huss together will be known as two of the most influential if not the most influential people in that Afro swing pocket and um, yeah I'm glad that everyone got what they wanted in terms of him coming out and I hope he does release the summer bagger that's everywhere I hope I do get annoyed by hearing it to be honest mm. and I hope f fundamentally with this knife thing that um, I saw I did comment on it as well and said that you know um, it's a much more layered issue which we'll probably get into with Jill Minister later hopefully we can talk to him about it but um, what I do want to say is that that I hope he learns from the knife thing um, and yeah just gets the you know retribution and all that kind of stuff I think it's important to integrate back in I just want to say how predictable Drake is that's all I wanted to say <laughs> <laughs> I mean we all know I wasn't was we all I know. wasn't even surprised <laughs> I woke up this morning, I just see all of my timeline, Drake, I'm like, I already know what it is. Mm. I, just, I saw Free J Huss um, timeline um, trending, I saw Drake, OT, I'm like, I, know, I already know. You made the dots together, <laughs> you know, I'm sure made the comment earlier that, you know, he's got every PR company, which he probably does, every PR company's number, every record label, label, you know, who, who is popping? Who's, who's out, who who's available, they yeah. come on my stage. Do you know what? Yeah. Drake is so Drake, predictable. Do you know what? It's a twofold with me with Drake because I get that he genuinely since the, I've seen this on Twitter as well since the Sneak Bow days he has genuinely been influenced by UK music and interested and all that kind of stuff like that but on another hand it's kind of like do you know what I'm, I know I'm probably going to get some slack from this but it's just like oh Drake here we go again it, it, it's, 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 do you know what it is I know that he's building up these people and that, do you know what loads of people say that the UK artists look for the them. UK artists don't need we don't we're at a level now we don't need the Drake because like, we don't but at the same time I feel like it's, it's, still it's a good nice look it's, for it's a good look for both it's mutually beneficial but i know that drake's got his diddy's hat on and i know that drake's for drake mm. that is what it's for He's drake's for drake on. and we can 
his Diddy's hat. So the prophet, the prophets. Oh. And it's all about the Drake, back Mangle. to Drake, back to the imagery of Drake did this and Drake did that. And even if he does have, he does genuinely have the UK thing. We can have nuanced opinions. So he has the fanship of the UK. We know rubber stamped, verified, fact checked, whatever you want to call it. The videos are there. But then there is that element of Drake for Drake. And that is why... I did a write-up about his OVO thing as well because it's Drake for Drake, using the IS for Drake, okay? Mm. We can admit both. Both exist and it's fine, you know? Drake's not a beg. It's the fact it that- It does seem a bit beggy. The, th- the, the thing is, because he doesn't actually need to beg though, it's more, I'd call it exactly what you said. I know what you mean by beg, but I would call it just um, self-profiting. That's what I would call it, in my opinion. It's self-profiting and it's very see-through in someone like myself's eyes and I think we could all see that element. I think he's a fan of some people that he brings on. Yeah. Like he, he, there was a video of him at a Lowski, con- a Lowski concert Yeah. Um, and he was reciting the lyrics. Do you think he's a f- um, fan of Fredette? Because, you know, probably. Why, why would he be? Did, did he, he bring up at his tour? Did he? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't so, know that. Yeah, but because, um, you know, I think, most of the UK even though he did well with that album Fredo we can all collectively agree that it's not the best I I haven't heard it so they played it in the office I didn't want to hear it I had no choice it was played in the office and I was like this is why I don't listen to him why? I don't think he's good at a good rap. I don't think it's terrible. I was free. And the songs. And the thing is, you can be a crap rapper but have good songs, mm. and he's not in that category. But he, okay, Freaky Friday was good. Please, no, but please play, play, play it tomorrow. I he, listen to the album. Put it in the group chat. I just. I and this isn't even this, this isn't even me being like harsh or whatever. It's like not. It's, no, no, no. Some UK artists are great at what they do. You know, they can make yeah. songs and all that. But and he's not one of them. I'm, for I'm, I'm for sleep, example, sleep. I don't rate yeah. notes. The, as an artist but I can appreciate his lane and I can appreciate that he's good at making catchy songs in the mm. club I can nod my exactly. head exactly you know, I can but appreciate am I gonna go notes. am I gonna go see him live no am I <laughs> am I gonna say he's like the most talented guy we have in the UK hell the fuck no I think he even knows his lane <laughs> Thank you. And that's important though. And it doesn't call it out like, I did, I did that. No, it's, you know, get the money, get the hits, do your thing, work with J5 again, all that kind of stuff. It's great. So it's a no for me on Fredo. But, um, <laughs> Back to J-Hus, I guess, in Drake. But yeah, um, yeah, I'm happy that J-Hus is, is free and I hope that he can just continue on the ascent he was already on with the last album Yeah, and just continue f- flying the flag for Black British music. Really, that's all I have to say. Can I ask you two quick questions? Do you think that they, um, this summer or maybe this autumn, do you think that um, Stormzy will still drop this year and everything? Do you think they're both oh, going to dropping drop? this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you think they're both gonna you know do things do big things why should they not both do no that's what i'm saying i just think because i see this argument online i saw it last night as well oh now jay huss is out fuck kojo fans oh now that jay huss is out nsg can fuck off no but no but see the thing is obviously i'm not saying fuck kojo fans nsg but i I see what they're saying in this in the sense that jay huss is is largely a a much bigger name than those Mm. two so it kind of does kind of put a blunt day in the works for anything. Not this. I'm not saying they will flop now as a result yeah, yeah, of yeah, coming yeah. out. But J Hus now being out and potentially releasing music in the next couple of months yeah. will definitely put a damper on anything Kojo Funds NSG were gonna do. Where someone like Stormzy, he's his own juggernaut in his own mm. right. And they're and they're in very different lanes. Mm. No, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> no, definitely. I just wanted to bring the argument up of just so because I the think, whole I think they I think they can healthily and they will successfully yeah. coexist. Because this is the thing. 
even this Jay House thing, we we can't. He may have a sophomore slump. That you know, that's a very common thing in the industry. Stormzy, I know this album's going to do well. Even if I don't like it personally, I know it's going to do well. You think it will deliver the numbers? Yeah. It it may not do. It may not do well on the streets. It may not. People may not enjoy. But the you album, think it will still get the numbers? But he'll get the numbers. He'll get the press clippings. He'll get the little. Yeah, he'll get the big push. He's doing fucking Glastonbury, mm. so he's good. Mm. He's fine. Yeah, I just wanted to bring up the narrative of why can't one in the other. I think they can all successfully gain their hits this year. To be but Kojo funds like energy. You no, know, you might be in danger. No, that's fair. And Kojo and Jay House do have beef as well. So yeah, that was the thing that people were trying to bring up as well. But I just think the narrative of why can't one, why can't the yeah. other, they can all still they can all still do is, their thing. And even you know? another thing too, even, even with NSG, even though they're um, are doing incredible Options. things. It's on the basis of one song. We are yet to see if they are to replicate their success. Mm-hmm. Jay Huss had multiple hit singles off that last yeah, album. His yeah, album yeah. went top 10, nominated for Brit Awards. Like Jay Huss yeah. broke through. Definitely. And like I said, I'm not discrediting NSG at all by any means, but we have this thing where we tend to really give our artists too much bait on the basis of one song. Mm. They haven't built a firmer foundation for us to because they're trying to make it out like NSG is kind of in his lane. It's like, no, they haven't done, mm. they haven't put in the work yet. Yeah. Mm. They're still very early in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, but to be honest, they have, have, they do have other songs, obviously that haven't done this successful, yeah, exactly. but they have, they have a start. They have a start before options. Yeah. There's a, there's a But in terms of, but to the John British public, options is, Oh yeah, definitely. That's their, that's the first we, introduction. Whereas we can NSG. name multiple J-Hus tracks that have done well. And also, and the project. he's kind of seen as like the forefather of this whole thing anyway. Way. Definitely. So he has that to kind of separate himself yeah. from these other people. My thing was, I just hate where the UK are like they they do this thing where why I, I mean why can't the whole of Afro Swing win? Do you know what I mean? Why can't the whole of Afro Swing win? Even though there's levels, J House is on a completely different level to any of the artists we just named, but they can all still gain hits. They can mm. all still be getting airplay and all this kind of stuff. But I just think it's stupid to say we only want J Huss and Stormzy, like basic and date a bit of Dave. That's it. Like there's more, and mm. we can all, we can all, we can all. It's healthier now for eyes to gain more, um, even though there's still a bit of a way to go. But yeah, that we're gonna head into a special interview now. Um, so yeah. Day that it becomes, you are hurting us more than you are helping us. I want knife you in the back, I'll knife you in the front. Team A! The moment is coming when the knife gets heated. Twist stuck in the front, 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 and twisted. She'll be dead soon. Gas stop breathing. Flowers in the grave, your hubby and the grandma grieving. My run things, come with Julius Caesar. Yeah. We have a guest today by the name of Young Julie, aka Drill Minister. I'm here. <laughs> Boom, bam. <laughs> How's everything going, man? Uh, it's going good, man. It's going good. Yes. Uh, I don't know why I haven't been brought out for the Drake thing yet, but. <laughs> <laughs> so you saw you saw oh, the J House thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that. I saw that, man. I was proud of him, man. Yeah, mm-hmm. man. That's a massive, big massive, moment. That's massive, a big massive moment. moment. Massive moment. Definitely. Yeah. yeah, he's doing a lot, and yeah. Do you think he'll have the summer banger? Do you think he'll? I, I think. Uh, I think yeah, he'll probably have the summer banger. To be honest, yeah. But I think it was more than just him coming out. I think it's like a it's a highlight, not just of Drake's tour, mm. but it's a highlight of how number one the UK is right now. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Like we're very number one, mm. very 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 number one. Like probably the most influential place. In the, in the world right now, you think mm. so? For music, in terms of 
innovative music, ah. for, for, for music that's pushing the, the, the agenda forward or whatever you want to call it. Ah. That's actually quite funny because I was speaking to my American friend who came over for a visit with his girlfriend and we were just talking in a cafe and he was like, you don't know how long I've played Rinse FM for. You don't know how much you influence music in terms of songwriting, in terms of sonics, in terms of collaborations in different genres, pop, R&B, all of that across the years. And he said he's been a fan for like 10 odd years now and he's in his late 20s. So it just made me sit back. It was like two weeks ago. It made me sit back and think, wow, we actually have so much influence across the world. And it was before, you know, Drake co-signs. It was before all of that. Songwriters were collaborating, you know, singers, all of that. People go to writing campuses in America, but then the same, whenever artists are touring over here, they're in the studio. Somehow we saw her and Stormzy, you know, that's from a manifestation really of them coming over and just fucking with our sound. And that's across time. And Shoppe will know more about this in the R&B arenas and all of that. But um, it's been going on for years, decades. So I feel like Drake co-signing now is only a sign of what's been happening underground yeah, for years definitely. now just not so vocal and definitely. we didn't have the social medias we didn't have the instagram to nah, do that in the nah, studio nah. back then so but i think you're right you know we are one of the top music outputs oh, in the world i'm so, um, sticking on the topic of drill um with skengdo and am they recently got um their lyrics used to help um well not to help actually to be used in their suspended sentencing um, for helping to incite gang violence and for other things as well. What do you think about the situation and, yeah, overall about Anderson uh, Drill? They, they should be allowed to say what they want to say, to be fair. Yeah. Because um, if, it, if we don't be realistic with the music, when I say realistic, they don't have to say all the things they want to say. I can't judge what I was another person. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Thing, but if it's not being truthful to them, then maybe they don't want to bring it out. Mm. Maybe that's not um, true to who they're being yeah. type of thing. So I wouldn't want to stop them from saying what they need to say yeah. type of thing. But at the same time, I, I said this on television, that if you want to make a difference, you have to understand where they're coming from. They're talking about the, the situation on their road. I don't live on their road. Yeah. So if that's what they see on their road and they're talking about it, who am I to say, oh, you shouldn't be talking about that or you, you shouldn't talk about when you almost got licked down on your road or guys ran, on, ran up on you. Or, mm. They're just probably literally describing what happens on their actual streets. Yeah. So mm. it's like, when you see it like that, if they lived in, like I said before, if they lived in Oxford or Cambridge, would the police or any council or any whatever be onto them would they be caring about their lyrics yeah you're talking about rowing boats that's not where their mom grew them up yeah grew them up in the council estate yeah with crackers down the road so that's what you're going to be talking about those things that's in your immediate peripheral the things mm. you see immediately mm. yeah as opposed to talking about hypothetical things that you can't see mm. you've never been around mm. like if they was talking loads of glamour and glitz and yeah and we was busting 40 bottles of spades and the then it'd be more acceptable. Mm. No one would have a problem with it, but they'd be telling lies to their generation that's mm. not actually existing. Yeah. They're not living, so. Mm. It does seem that, like, um, in general, there seems to be an issue when the truth of, like, a certain lifestyle comes to light. Like, we were talking last week about the fact that um, Cardi B is getting in trouble now for admitting to a lot of things she's done in the past but in her lyrics she was saying she was doing those things and she was like well some of those things. some of those things she was saying that she was living a certain type of lifestyle but then when the lifestyle comes out later on and it's unrelated to the music people are having like revelations they're like rah she, she did this to these people at this time but she's saying all of this in her music already yeah um, and I think that in general um, 
the public just have an issue with the truth. They just like, they like things that entertain them, but they don't like when it transfers into reality. But doesn't this Mm -hmm. link to like celebrity culture and music culture in particular and the entertainment business at large being this kind of far removed almost um, environment where people think it's just glamorized Mm. almost not not real or even not real or people just have a sensitivity around it being real. Like you said, a fantasy and almost like the lyrics. So for example, the Molly drinking in America, the Molly sipping, all that kind of stuff is isn't really real until it's real until someone dies of it Mm -hmm. and then people are like oh Mm -hmm. shit we have to stop the thing for two weeks and then it's this um, invisible thing in the air that people don't think's real Mm. I think that's a part Mm. to play in it it, but saying that this is the thing so like you know people a lot of a lot of people make the link between like drill music and like the rises and knife crime and violence and how it's like unfair and it's racist to say those things Mm -hmm. now to play like devil's advocate i don't necessarily think this is true but do you as like as a drill artist and people who's worked with many drill artists do you genuinely think there's no connection can i just add something in to help your point just because the Met Police in the AM and Skendo situation, Skendo and AM even, said it was breached um, when they performed drill music that incited and encouraged violence against rival gang members and proved that there's a link between gang violence and drill. So they yeah. kind of tried to, I think they're trying so to prove it. So do but. you genuinely think there's no connection between the two, especially when you look at like the demographics of people that listen to the music and attend the shows? Because when you compare it to something like hip hop, like if you go to a lot of hip hop shows, you'll see a lot of white people. Whereas footage that I've seen and friends that I've that I know they've attended real shows they've told me it's predominantly black people mm. and they are predominantly people who would be inclined to do such things so would you honestly say there's no connection because for me it's just like there are other societal factors and environmental factors that allow that lead people to doing these terrible things of course but I am of the opinion that it does it's a factor it's not the only factor nor is it the most important mm. but I would say it does contribute I think um, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's definitely a dangerous one because I feel this falls into people taking joy from our pain, if that makes sense. Mm. So if another race or another bunch of people to listen to this music, it's enjoyment. Mm-hmm. But the people that are speaking those lyrics or the people that are on the receiving end of those lyrics it's not a joke to them Mm. it's their real life (laughs) so this is where it gets blurred it's like should we not talk on what's going on with us and not mention it because for me to say it incites it Knife Island's been there before yeah of course Mm. so is Joe just a reflection of what's already going on just like any music would be so say like Funky House was still going on would Funky House have lyrics of of Savings Mm. this is what we we, we, this is the question now Mm. because is it the music or is it the artist and the lifestyle they're living and mm-hmm. the people, the environment they're in? Because once again, if we if we did drill, but we just focused on drill in Cambridge or whatever, we wouldn't have the same lyrics. Mm. It's because you know, we're living in these urban areas that are full of people like us. Mm. And, yeah, and then when they see you across the road, man's looking you up two times before he's even assessing, oh, is he, is he all right? Is he a friendly? Is he mm. a and you're not you're doing anything to anyone. You're just walking about your business. Yeah. But this is what we're growing up in. Yeah. But our Asian friends don't understand that. Mm. They don't go for the same thing. They don't have to walk in that area and get searched up by the next um, 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 Gindi or whatever. Yeah. And he's looking at my man in a certain way. Yeah. It's, it's, that's just us. 
So, but certain white people in certain communities as well, Bristol has a problem oh, with yeah, knife yeah, crime yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, and Glasgow. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah and Glasgow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's whenever it comes to lower classes. Yeah, mm. that's what I wanted to well, bring into the conversation. What, what, yeah. They keep asking me, they keep trying to make it a race mm. when I go on these shows. Yeah, and I'm of glad course, you're not. Yeah, I'm very prideful, I like my race, all of that stuff, but it's deeper than that now. It's, it's more of a, a class issue. Mm. So if me, you, are living in Liverpool with the Scouse boys, as long as our wages are over 30k a year, we're in the same demographic as them. Mm. Whatever problems they've got, we've got. This is this, this, this just how it works. Mm. It's just literally Albanians, no matter what you are, as as long as you've come in as an immigrant, we're all placed in the same kind of box. Yeah. And then we have to work and prove ourselves and make our way out of that box to prove ourselves to the normal British society to mm. be accepted. Okay. Or, to be da 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 if you see what I'm coming yeah. from. Yeah, but um, so, so to break so to break down what you said earlier about um, if someone from like say like white areas made yeah. drill tracks, it would be completely different. For someone who's like brand new to drill, mm. like what would you say constitutes drill? Is it because I think to the public they think that the image is part of what makes drill drill. So obviously um, the kind of like gang aesthetic that people think exists yeah. with drill, yeah. they think that is what drill is, but then they don't see the kind of sonically what makes it different to road rap um, or like hip hop, hip hop, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. What sonically makes it different? A, the beats. Okay. The beats are completely different. They're, yeah. they're different from American hmm. drill beats. Because of the same thing we all discussed earlier, the bashment influence, the grime, the the UK hip hop, the sounds dubstep even, mm. the, the rolling bass, the, the you know the yeah 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 all of these elements have been thrown into our drill. That's yeah. why American drill is like sounds just sounds like American you know yeah yeah like band stand in the uni and they mm. it just sounds like that. It's a completely different art. Yeah yeah yeah. This that's the first thing the sound. Then it's the attitude. The attitude is like how everyone talks type of thing. And the terminologies, because people don't want people outside of that world to understand what they're type of they're kind of saying mm. type of thing. Mm. That makes any sense? They don't yeah. want people outside of that world to really understand. Yeah, what I know saying. what you mean. Because yeah. not everything's legit. That's being said. So yeah, yeah. Not they don't want everyone to understand. What of course saying. not. So that's a big part of it. There's a lot of copycat. Obviously, if one person dresses a certain way, the next man's gonna see that video and do the imagery or do something similar yeah. or oh he stamped his leg in the video so let me stamp my leg or, mm. so that will happen inevitably there'll be imageries that look similar and then mm. it starts to look like it's one thing like yeah. everybody's kind of doing this the flow even people comment on saying yeah, the flow's similar but more or less to me what makes um, drill is it's a common man's music okay it's a common man's music it's mm. not some elitist music. I'd even put grime as an elitist music these days. I can see that. Now, but I do you think it started? No, 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 no. Yeah. But now, yeah, you might yeah, be seeing yeah. Joe Common Man's music because... Um, the, That's a good way to put with it. With Joe, say like, I don't know, rap was saying a sentence and saying, um, I went to the shop and I bought a K8. Hmm. It was it was amazing. That's like rapping. Hmm. Then you've got grime, maybe a bit shorter. Man went to the shop. Ka was looking good. Hmm. Then you've got drill. Man know that I'm shopping. Ka in the but sometimes it's different shorter. I like that analogy. Bam, bam, bam. So with yeah. drill, it's like 
They've looked at the older brothers and said, yo, that man are saying too much words in that grand story. Mm. <laughs> then the grand ones have looked at the older brothers and said, yo, why is my man explaining his whole life before he said the metaphor? Yeah. So then it's just, as time's gone on, yeah. it's getting shorter. And, and, and it's and like text messaging. Yeah. You know when we, we don't say text? Hmm. T-E. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, keep yeah. shortening it and shortening it. With attention spans, music, Everything. That's why trap exists. Hmm. The music's a reflection of that. And even go back to what you were saying before, hip hop in its origins was just common, it common music of the young black people and of black the people time. of the time. But obviously, as it got more commercialized, more successful, yes. more mainstream, yes. and now grime is going through the same transition. Same thing. Yes. So same young, thing. so young people in our community aren't necessarily resonating with it or engaging with it in the same way. They same kind of, way. No, yeah. no, no, no. Or it's they, too commercialized. Yeah, they see it as something that's like. It's, when you've made it yeah, yeah they see yeah. it as this people looking at Graham now it's purely it's, it's luxury it's, now it's an entertainment thing whereas drill I guess is kind of becoming I guess to the sound of the disenfranchised the kind of the sound of young black Britain now definitely or young black London definitely so that's a good point the I common man's to, music just to edge no one is expecting uh, one thing I will um, say though this is it's kind of on this subject but the most dangerous thing we have to take in is I haven't said it yet but it's the word black the word black is what's holding us back. The, whole, the word black is destroying us. In, in the context of drill? Or? In, in, in context of everything. Drill, okay. uh, this country, uh, everything. British people, at, in terms of the language, like native British people, they don't like the word black. They yeah, never it's true. Have. It's true. Black Friday, black cat. It's political. Black, like it's not it's political. Black, uh, oh, the connotations of the word. The connotations of the word are negative. Mm. There and there always have been positive that comes from the word black. So for them to label a people's black is not good. We didn't label ourselves black. Mm. Of course mm-hmm. not. It's it was self-labeled. Yeah. It's a, it's a label that's put on us just the same way niggas put on you. Mm. Type of thing. Yeah. It's not something you've called yourself. But what's dangerous about that is if there was a Brexit and there was a like a, a, a unanimous Brexit and then I don't know uh, EDL or one of these guys got in power and said, "Yo, everyone has to go home." Everyone. I don't care if you're born here, if you've got British passport, you all have to go back to your country of origin. If that happened, the Indian man's going back to India. Mm. Chinese man is going back to China. Yep. The Vietnamese man is going back to Vietnam. Yep. There's no such land as black land. Mm. <laughs> so where's all these different to, to, um, roads of pe- black people going back to? Because you've all been separated into different like groups mm. uh, fighting against each other. Or you've, you've been separated so much that you don't even see yourself as one. That's why mm. you only unify under this terminology called black. Mm. So you're coming from bad. a kind of pan-African kind of stance then? Yeah, it's obviously everybody's kind of African. Mm. Everyone's definitely African. But I think the fact that we can't call ourselves African, like everybody, is yeah. the problem. That's mm. where the problem starts. Mm. Not everybody sees themselves as. And you but then, a, cult, yeah, that's so, what I was going to say. Because so, culturally, you made it's a good different. point about like the Indian cultures and the Vietnamese people. Like, maybe I'm ignorant to say this, but I feel like with my Asian friends, they're more. Even if they were born and raised here, they seem much more in touch and more closer to their roots than. I would say black people are like I'm Nigerian and I would identify as such, but I wouldn't say I'm Nigerian like my cousins are, but I'm sure like, so I have like some, even, even like my Portuguese friends, like they can go back to Portugal and literally be right at home because they can speak the language. They've been speaking from their young and they feel right at home and more closely tied mm. to their 
their roots per se, but I don't think we have that. I do think there's nuance because there's friends that I know who are very in touch with their cultures, like back home and stuff like that. And they're no, no, not all of us, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. some definitely. I feel more. No, but I feel us less so than other races, though. Mm. I feel like a lot of my non-black friends who are from other from Asia or even some Spanish-speaking countries, they're much more in touch than I'd say we are so not all of us of course not mm. I have some Nigerian friends some Caribbean friends yeah, you have to be prideful as well yeah and I know you're just looking at me but I said that's what I'm saying I'm all, no, no, not I all of prideful, us mm. when I no but I'm just thinking that because of colonialism and like yes a lot of the yes. things that have happened because yes. of that our cultures naturally yes. are heavily entwined with yes. European yes, and so and so with yes. some Asian cultures so no, but that, that, some, that's why no, 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 their not cultures it's not the same no 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 no. but still there are some cultures back in Asia that are influenced by Americans literally 40 50, 60 years ago when they occupied Japan heavily influenced by American culture yeah, yeah, like yeah, to yeah, an extent yeah, yeah, do you know yeah, what I mean yeah, 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 I'm yeah, not yeah. saying the struggle the struggle is no, no, completely no, no, different no, no, no. but you're right yeah yeah, you're yeah. Right in, that, in that instance they are heavily influenced yeah but no I get I get what Shope is saying no but the reason I say that is because then I think it would be not necessarily easier for us to go back home I'm speaking from like Caribbean like yeah. from a Caribbean background yeah, yeah. it wouldn't necessarily be easier um, because I have gone back to Jamaica I used to go every two years go back to Jamaica or like Barbados and yeah. stuff like that so I can see there's a clear difference between me and someone who is born in Jamaica and lives there. But I don't, I think if we were to be separated and go back to our countries, I reckon we would be able to go back to, say, Jamaica, to Barbados, to different places in Africa, um, because there is an initiative to get people to go back to Africa. Yeah. These are things that are still going on now. I would just, no, I'm not saying we can't go back, but I just think it would be, easy, it would be a bit harder for us to assimilate Oh, back. no, we wouldn't be able to assimilate. Mm. You don't think we ever I, would? No, no, I'd be honest. We couldn't assimilate. Whereas, we're too I, British. And I, guess I think point. this is our generation because yeah, yeah. my grand and grandparents have gone back with their businesses and stuff. They, they. Oh no, but they was that. Yeah, anyway. yeah, 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 yeah. Was that anyway. yeah, 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 yeah. CBBs, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I know what you mean. Our generation. I know what you mean. Like, I know what you mean. Taking the Fanta back to the shop with the actual bottle and all of that. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's too. Or it would take a very long time. Where's the plastic? You don't. That is too nuts. And that's what I mean. But I mean, some non. I feel like some. Like I said, I maybe I sound ignorant. Hopefully, I don't. But I'm speaking from what I've seen. Some yeah, of your friends. perspective. Yeah, yeah. I feel like some non-black people probably could. They would assimilate. No one. It's not saying it wouldn't be hard for them too. But I feel like it would be easier, and it wouldn't be as long to, for them to assimilate. To be honest, I, I did. I don't know. I, nah. I want to. I just want to say on this point, I'm thinking actually, and but I did. Offend anyone, by the way? By the I way, did, no, 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 no. It's your perspective. It's your perspective. I um, was in uni, did politics and IR, and we studied about again Japanese and Japanese Americans who go back. They face backlash in terms of employment. They face backlash in terms of um, livelihood. They say they've even quoted themselves saying that they don't feel. And this is a group of highly educated, all this kind of stuff, basically the equivalents of us in some ways. They'd go back and say they don't feel they don't feel Japanese sorry they don't feel American they don't know what they feel and it's I feel like there is I, I get what you're saying as well but I think it depends it depends on the country it depends on the politics yes. it depends on all yes, of yes, that yes, yes, but yes, yeah yes, no yes, I get yes. I get what yes. you're saying that that point just came raised that article in my head that I read like, but yeah the, the reason why it's obviously situation by situation but I'm just saying I'm speaking like broad, broadly yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, get bit, I, I think it's a bit different as well um it's, it's to end on this but but this point is very powerful because in America you have to remember although whether they stole the land whether however it was made the country yeah they discovered that land together with their slaves Mm -hmm. they kind of built that country together so the African Americans 
although they feel as though they're taking the piss out of in that country, they're very much embedded into the... They're in the soil. They're, yeah. they're, they're in the soil of that country mm-hmm. for hundreds of years. That's why it's like, for some reason, it kind of seems like now in the public eye, it's like, for the first time ever, I don't know if it's you lot see this, it's like blacks are above Mexicans in America for some reason. I get in, in a way what, I get in what you mean areas, yeah, I get in what, areas jobs Trump's, all of that I don't mean in life I just yeah. mean that's how it's seeming it's even, like, he's the, even accepting the blacks more than certain context yeah Mexicans, Mexicans are seen as other whereas black Americans are yeah, American, American other Americans. American yeah, yeah. other yeah. whereas with our country now completely different okay you can't be, you can be an American African or an American whatever but you can't be an African English you don't think well, so? Caribbean English. You can't. Not yet. You can't. At all. You can only be English. Only be mm. English. Because this monarchy goes back yeah, thousands definitely. of I years. Yeah, definitely. I get you. I get you. So how, you. that's like me Your and point. you mm. basically being from Thailand and we're living in Nigeria and saying we're Nigerian. <laughs> Do you not understand? Even mm. if you have kids, it do, you're still mm. not Nigerian. You're, you're, yeah. you're from Thailand. Mm. It doesn't matter how many mm. generations you live it's in Nigeria. True. You're right. Because if you think... from Thailand. But it's just that our mentality has gassed us that, mm. yeah, America, yeah. they're accepted, so we must be the same yeah. thing over here. I mean, we can't, even, we can't even call ourselves the time. They 50 years mm. ago. Mm. Yeah. They didn't bring you 400 yeah. because they didn't want you here. Mm. That was the whole point. So we've been here for like 100 years and we're arguing for rights, <laughs> arguing for this, but we haven't been here as long as the Americans in America. And that's why the argument... Demand for the same... That's why... Like the term like African American, it's like embedded. It's, it's embedded. It's, yeah, yeah, it's in like this. Yes. Yeah, African Caribbean, English Caribbean, or yeah. English. Um, well, it's usually Black British. No, but it's yeah. not as widely. No, but Black no, British is an entrenched. Like yeah, that. it's not the it's same. It's not as thing. widely same used yeah. as African American. Yeah. American is the country. United States of America is America. Mm. Britain. It's not the UK. All the colonies. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. just means like you have Italian and everybody. Yeah. yeah. Can't mm-hmm. be English. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. British. Yeah. Can't be English. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And also African Americans in terms, there's even the argument that they're removed almost from the African kind of yeah, argument yeah, yeah, because they've got their own culture. They they're their own exactly. People. And this African American culture is hegemonic in the world of blackness. So exactly, exactly. Why you can't really say so that British like that? Where this thing is talking about, it's called, we're creating it right now. That's what I'm saying. That's why I said. It's not it's ready yet. It's not, not ready yet. It's still in its yeah. We're but still in its infancy. Yeah, mm. we're in the infancy of it. Yeah. you can't count people's parents. They, mm-hmm. they didn't yeah, to get to this point where we're doing. We're the first things. and second generation we're doing, doing first it. things like mm. actually powerful, right? Yeah, now. Like, whether it be political things or whether sports. It be, mm. um, my man that's doing the F one, like yeah. just him in this lifetime being alive, like yeah, just him and even things. He's making massive. And from a from a music standpoint, I guess things like Afro Swing, Grime, Drill, they're kind of like the earliest exports that we oh, can really say that ours. we created. And it's not American. Yeah. yeah, we created say, it. Dubstep. Yeah, these are all our things. We created all this. Funky House, this is all us. It was no one else. British and black people made all this. We can claim all these things. Yep. This is us now basically doing what Americans done with mm. jazz, da, 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 but we're doing it now. Yeah. So that when we yeah. look at our legacies, they'll say, yeah, they created loads of genres. Yeah. They did. Um, they made um, entire fashion yeah. style yeah. came into trend. Yeah. They did da, 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 da. They introduced their different cultures and mm. embedded it into mm-hmm. the culture. Because mm-hmm. even when you'll see Miss say um, Carlos and Apnaz, he's embracing 
the Punjabi culture mm. onto a national scale. Because once a black guy says, yeah, it's cool to say these words, they're British words. Mm. They're no longer just stuck to that culture. Mm. He's expanding it to a wider world so that the random white guy in Berry or wherever, he's, he knows what a car and an Atnar is mm. now. Oh yeah, that's what you call a Batman and an Indian man. And oh yeah, that's mm. their lingo. And it just makes everything better. This is why mm. I think our country, we're ahead. This is why everyone's yeah. coming in. This is why everyone's mm. coming in. Yeah. Toilet, everyone's coming in. Because mm. they, they just know we're ahead. We're just literally... They see something ahead. is bubbling here. We're yeah. far ahead. Like, we've got mm. IMDDB. Got oh, he's trash, though. It's your favourite. I'm sorry. No, but they're all different types of artists. You can yeah. still so say that they represent yeah, a they certain represent thing. Yeah, they represent this concept, yeah. but they're not all the same as me. Yeah, you know yeah. What I mean? they're it's not like saying Lil Uzi's trash, They're not but... all the same as... There's so many artists, though. Whereas before, we had a lot of artists, but... It was more niche. Mm. Mm-hmm. Now, and you had to really search for them. Yeah. It was harder to find them. And speaking on your niche as well, just to kind of round off what I wanted to ask. Um, so Slow Tie kind of released a campaign this week um, that was kind of similar to your thing in terms of the yeah, political, I the Brexit people, stuff. Because people try to get me, you know. I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised. He's been very, he's been, he's been very outspoken. Yeah, he has throughout his career. Very outspoken. But what I wanted to say is, are you going in this vein? I know two, two or three of your songs are politically charged. Are you continuing in this vein of I'm going to challenge Uh, the social conventions politically? Yeah, yeah. That's that's my whole thing. My whole thing since they gave me the opportunity to do it. Yeah. Now, okay, let me ask the questions that people don't want to ask. Yeah. So my, I've been working on the album or whatever you want to call it. There's tunes on there on immigration. There's tunes on there on Delarue, mm-hmm. which a lot mm. of people don't know about Delarue. Delarue's a private company that prints the money yeah. for Libya. They print the money for Jamaica. They print the money for... So it's basically modern-day slavery. Yeah. People don't know that. But <laughs> Boy, it's, it's in Somerset, Delarue, the company. It's a private company that they don't want their name out there. So I'm just on highlight. Yeah, highlight, please, mm. please. That mm. really realise these things are, are real. Yeah. I'm living in these situations. And... We need to, if more, it's, it's like what Lipsy's doing. The more people that know what's going on, the more they can't do this to us. The same way I said the sun thing. Mm. I said, right, you're doing the universal credit. You're making women fucking do prostitution. Mm. They've done an investigation two days later. But if I never said anything, no and one I didn't would say it so harsh into and it. so in your face, mm. they would have just, if it, I went on there saying, you know, like women feel sometimes, did and I said it like a carla, you might have took a step back mm. and thought, you know, it's not that important because he spoke on many other points. Yeah. But because I rammed it and I said, this is a big problem. You can't mm. have baby mothers selling mm. their body because they're left with 70 pound less this week. Mm. And you know the area they live in and their rent and this and that, you're doing this to them. So just somebody speaking on the people that don't get that representation. The voice. That voice is being powerful. And I think that's all we have to do more. We just mm. have to highlight things. Definitely. The more we highlight things, um, you might save a life. You don't know. Yeah. You probably have already. Right now, is somebody's going to listen to it and this, the things we're discussing, they mm. needed to hear one of these things mm. to make them to have their mm. narrative of what they want to do now. Yeah, you probably have already, to be fair, to be and honest. And that's all I've been doing. Like, mm. every day I get messages and the people that are messaging me and voice noting me and telling me how they feel and the ladies that come up like when I've done the prostitution thing yeah. loads of ladies saying I'm uh, I'm currently a sex worker right now I've got mm. four kids no one's ever spoke on my point I, I cried when you said that on the TV bro it makes me emotional because mm. that woman I'm saying it to get a reaction out of them mm. she's living it 
She's getting ready. She's watching. Face, but she's living it. Yeah. You know what I'm trying to say. So for her to have the bravery to message me and say thank you, no one's ever spoke out for me. She must feel so bottom of the barrel. Yeah. That she feels raw. If the Bally guy don't say something for me, nobody says. <laughs> the Bally so guy. Yeah. She's not gonna hear some guy in a suit and a politician come and speak on her. Because on mm. yeah. they don't know it. As far as he's concerned, you're too low in the food chain. Yeah. 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 Yeah numbers over people yeah mm. it's, yeah. that's that's yeah that's yeah what, so i guess a question i wanted to ask then is you said you've worked with quite a few drill artists behind the scenes do they kind of feel the same need to tell their stories for political motivation in a way so are they telling their stories to enact change or are they just reciting a it lot, because it's a, a lot, lot of trauma a lot of people a lot of people that are making drill are trying to change the situation first mm-hmm. they're like me i'm a little i wouldn't say i'm to myself i'm a little bit less selfish in that way okay i don't really care to change my situation first i really want to get the message out there first and scare people and make things change mm. so that we can have some sort of even an option to start having our own like a foundation know, yeah if i can encourage big black business owners that have got empires already to come together and put some initiative where, I don't know, they support a black business for six months or not even just a black business, somebody that's just poor mm-hmm. and they want to support an underprivileged kid's business or start something and there's loads of these men that are putting their money together so no one's losing out and we're all doing it together. As, if I can make those type of things happen, that's more important to me yeah. than mm-hmm. me having a, a Dave number one. Mm-hmm. All right, cool, yeah, my mum's proud, i got a Dave number one. Yeah. But unless I'm using that Dave number one money to do something mm-hmm. and put back in, what am I really gaining from that? Because okay. The dearest man's only my my, my royalties. The next man's um, raping me for the shows. Mm. The next man's uh, making money off the merchandise. Yeah. So really, everybody's getting paid except yeah. you. But the artist. Yeah. So yeah. Really, it's my message that's the most important thing. Mm. Once I get that out, I can make a million changes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I can have a million people that are. Uh, like you, you lot selves that are in positions that have a bit of say, have a bit of voice, and then they can encourage more people and more and more and more. Before you know, it's a Nipsey situation. Yeah, I think in his death, people have seen how influential this guy was. It's yeah, sad yeah. that it's in his death. Definitely, that he's getting to this point where they're saying, "Raw, this guy's actually stopped all violence in LA." Yeah, for the last sixty-eight hours. Yeah, there's been no violence and mm. uniting of those people as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uniting he's been uniting the, the Bloods and Crips. Yeah. And can yeah. I just can I just say because um, you know with the Nipsey situation as well, people don't give people their flowers when they're alive. It's in their yeah. death and stuff like yeah. that. And I just wanted to say like what you're doing is absolutely phenomenal. Mm. And your education, the aspect of the awareness, the sex workers piece, you've touched so many different groups, and you've only done this like for a couple of months in terms of the political aspect of it. So I just want to thank you for all you're doing oh, for I black people. Mm. Like it's just yes, uh, yes, great. Yes. People are afraid to say what you say, especially in your industry. You know, as you just spoke on it. So for you to take that voice and take that torch and just be that voice thank you oh, man yeah, 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 just have yeah, to say thank definitely, you definitely because look at how Drew is labelled now hmm. it's labelled you're changing the narrative as if, well if it was just to stay like this if like Simeon Brown said it if I didn't come about Drew would already been locked off there wouldn't even have been gunning hmm. Skengda and AM it would never have happened it would no. like, Skengda and AM would yeah. be banned now yeah like I, I've literally tried to come in and just be a voice of reason that them lot can understand on that side, but not be like them lot. On that mm. side. But still represent Facts. these men, but still be a voice that they can understand mm. yeah, yeah. and they can 
break down some of what I'm saying and take it in with a pinch of salt and say maybe they're not all like that yeah. maybe it's not all knife and this mm-hmm. this that mm-hmm. and maybe they do want to because at the end of the day it's getting that AM just want to they just want to buy a house for their mum bro yeah most of them are for their mums literally all of them trying to buy a house for their mum pretending to be and it's a, a very mad thing like when they ask me about the knife crimes edge of it I don't want to diss the man them in man's own thing mm. but a lot of men are just scared yeah they're not these bad people that people think they're just scared mm. Scared youths who they're scared of someone doing something to them, mm. yeah. So they're carrying, but it doesn't mean you're bad because you're carrying. Mm. You're carrying because you know, oh, I haven't got an older cousin that can beat that guy up, or I can't really go. Huss said my this mom. exact thing. I can't really go run into my mom. Mm. So what am I gonna do? I'm gonna have to handle this and be a man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. handle this myself. Mm-hmm. It gets you in trouble in the first place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just scared youths. It's not. These are not rich 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 um, brothers on the roads this is like not elders times of older cousins that had guns and all this and all these guns and all this stuff man they ain't got guns mm. to their mom's kitchen and getting the first tool they can find because yeah. it's mm. cheap and accessible yeah. there, that's, that's why there's so many knife wounds not because everybody's got money for bullets because mm. yeah. if it was that then you'd be seeing a lot less death yeah. if it was literally no knife on the road and it's just and you can only kill someone with a gun how many men have got money for these bullets, bro? Mm-hmm. Not, not many men. So that, that means there's no deaths. So literally, it's just what's accessible and a lot of people being scared. And in maybe when you was younger, there was still gangs, but the gangs were more organised. Yeah. As in a 60-man gang, 50-man mm. gang. Now, gangs is one road and another road. Yeah, literally. The same area. One gang's calling themselves one name, and it's got five people in it, and then the next yeah. gang's got seven men in it, and they're calling it. But you back in the day, that would have been one gang. Yeah, 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 literally. This is why there's so much beef because you can't have so many gangs yeah, become yeah. dissected. Everybody's dissected, which is what the main thing we're talking about. Unifying, even if it's through a gangway, unifying people means less um, violence, mm. less damage, less better um, opportunity for the for the environment for mm. the community if people are just unified like what's happening in LA right now yep. they might not discussing things they haven't discussed for years yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah definitely like, definitely. I'm scared to go to your black like, let's build a new community centre around there man I put mm. my mm. Mm. they might have these conversations yeah. my mom's speaking if I go to that block I'm going to get shot it's done mm. so <laughs> this is what just needs to happen Literally. just conversation from that everything will happen yeah and I think that's where the disconnection comes from as well because even when um, J-Hus came out yesterday a lot of people were like why is everyone celebrating the fact that a man who was carrying a knife is out of prison now Um, and a lot of and surprisingly a lot of black people were saying this as well but I think that's where the the disconnection is because people think if you're carrying a knife your intention is to use it versus Mm. defend yourself if you are if you are in a situation (laughs) because in my head a lot of the time people say like um, if you're if you're carrying a knife you're definitely going to use it and I just don't I don't what? think that's the case. What? I don't think that's the case. Do you know how many people don't use a gun who have a gun though? Yeah. Like, really, it's the same thing. It's the same principle. I think I think if um, put in a position and you're scared, hmm. definitely can come to your head. Yeah, yeah. It definitely can come to your head. But I think a lot of people, especially say like if I personally right now was 14 again. Hmm. If I was 14 right now and I left my house and my friend got beat up yesterday outside school or something by some next boys Mm. that are from the area that I see around, but they're not my friends. I'm going to carry a knife. Not because I want to carry a knife and I want to be some bad man because I don't want what happened to him to happen to me. So, and that's just literally how I'm going to feel. I'm not going to be feeling like, oh, but if I don't carry the knife, then 
I'm still being a good person. I'm just going to be more frightful for myself because I'm thinking, but in this day and age, imagine if all of us are 14 right now, mm. everybody has a knife. Yeah. Mm. So is it more for you to not carry a knife? Yeah. Or is it more for you to carry a knife? Because right now, if everybody else has got a knife and you don't even know who's got a knife, yeah. and remember, you could, back in school, someone could just be rude, like, or not open the door for you or something, and you'd be like, what are you doing? And you have a little the scuffle. The adrenaline is... A little scuffle. That scuffle's turning someone dying now. Yeah. The simplest crap thing, like, mm. oh, like, oh, you didn't let me, oh, you made the bus leave, man, and then you're getting left and everyone's going, you know when the bus goes, yeah. and mm. everyone's just watching you, oh, you didn't make the bus. Laughing, at, laughing you. at you, yeah. That little thing... <laughs> the, next, the next day, the next day, oh, it's beef. Mm. Because beef. you was laughing at man from the top deck with the girl. I saw your face, like, Damaged. Yeah. And the thing is, puberty, the hormones, yeah, like everything, everything is at level a hundred. I remember those days. The mood swings, the like it's mad, it's mad, it's mad. So people forget what it's like to be those ages and be, yeah. be in that little conundrum of what's going on. Mm. And obviously, it, everything's like you said, feels like life or death. Yeah, it does. So extreme. And yeah, so and that's such a pivotal time in your life. Like some people don't really truly recover from secondary school. Like yeah. the trauma, the yeah. trauma. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Like people can be like 20, 21 years old, and they still kind of have that those kind those of hang-ups. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. but again, it's because we don't have access to therapy or anything like that. Like that's the thing as well. Like I think you've spoken about a lot of the issues and um, that we face as a community, whether that's class or race. But I think as well, this is what you're putting a voice on as well. What is actually being needed to better our situation? Lots of people like to say crabs in a barrel, but who created the barrel? Yeah, yeah. who created the barrel? It's true. Government who created the cuts to you things government who created the lack of people in the streets government who's arresting our black fathers and all of this kind of stuff for petty charges the government the police force all of that so it's a lot of different factors that carry on and I think again a testament to the fact that you're voicing yourself on so many niche and unspoken issues so I think it's very valid and very mm. important so yeah man it's, it's important to have you on and yeah, we wanted you on for a while did anyone have any last questions because I think we're running out of time but yeah no, that's all good I'm good but thank you yeah. for joining yeah, us yeah thanks a lot for coming on man really appreciate keep it keep doing what you're doing regardless of what comes your way just keep going because it's very valid and important for us oh definitely man. cool definitely. alright man so that was Joel Minister do you have any plugs or anything yeah, that people uh, just find uh, you yeah follow me on the, campaigns. on the Instagram um, Joel Minister mm. um, Minister Joel on the Twitter um, I got a YouTube page Joel Minister as well and just watch out for the the next things coming out, man. Um, mm. I got a song. Um, Brexit, uh, Brexit is out already. You yep. know that. Um, I got a song coming out called Maximilian Moss. Um, that one's gonna be a powerful politically charged tune as well. Can't wait. Um, I got an immigration tune coming out as well. Um, I got loads of tunes about different topics, man. Mm. Not just all Brexit and mm. yeah, 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 yeah. There's other things that we, we're not talking about. Now, I've got a song about Windrush as well. Oh, uh, yeah, okay, man. we need that. Um, I've got a massive song about Windrush scandal. Yeah, it's gonna be dropping as well. Do you have a campaign mm. on your website? Like, there's something that I saw on your website a couple of days ago. To yeah, like I'm, sign gonna, up. I'm, I'm starting up the campaign. Yeah, so yeah, basically yeah, yeah. I'm, just, I'm writing my manifesto right now because obviously Dope. I'm still gonna be entering for the London Mayor 2020 thing. Oh yeah. Oh okay. All right. Okay, this know is that. exciting. So yeah, I announced it on BBC um a month ago. Wow. With the Tory candidate for mayor and the Labour candidate. There was on I was on with both of them and they tried to stunt a man. 
I tried to do that. <laughs> they are running for mayor. Then the white, the, no, I won't say that, but the presenter lady, she tried to like box me in a corner and said, yeah, because the, the Tory guy was black. Yeah, uh, she tried to say, oh, you're saying all this stuff about your community, but this is going to be your representative for the next mayor election. So what have you got to say to him? And I was like, you think I care about my man? I'm running for mayor myself. <laughs> yeah. I love that response. They didn't want to expect to that. They didn't want to expect to that. I'm running for mayor. I'm my Energy. <laughs> Vim. No, I don't care about what my man's doing. I said, I said it to his face. You don't care about man. You're not mm. out here for man. You're just trying yeah. to further your your political career. Yeah. Theresa May and these men. Because if you really, how are you standing up with a straight face, knowing that they're sending on people's grandmas and that, mm. and you're sitting in that party, and people are dying on the flight right. <laughs> as well. So, so you know what you're part. Mm. You're just trying to make sure that you don't get Willie lynched, and your thing continues. So I, I hear it. But yeah, campaign, couple songs coming out. We cannot wait. No, Thank you so much. And Thank you very yeah. much. Brilliant, man. man. Cool. Cool. Thanks for coming down, man. Oh, I really appreciate it. Ooh, what a conversation. Cool. We hope you enjoyed that interview, guys. We're looking to do more interviews like that in the future. One of the things that helped us with this was um, people asking for it the reviews and um, just general discussion. So in the future, just let us know who you'd like to see, the type of genres you'd like to hear us talk about and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, thank you for Drilly for coming on. And that is our episode for today. Remember to hashtag that's pod mm -hmm. um, for the conversation and please rate and comment and review us on Apple Podcasts as it said in the beginning of the podcast but we love it we love to read your comments we've got some great ones this week and we just want to see more so can't wait we're trying to reach our goal of is it 100? 100 100 before the end of the season but yeah thank you oh I just want to give a quick shout out to people who reviewed re recently just give me two seconds and I'll say thank you to the people who actually reviewed yeah, so, I think we're on 59 stars now, so it's great to yeah. see the progress of where we're at. I think we um, were on 53 to begin with. Yeah, before we started doing the announcements and stuff. Yeah. And really, we're ambitious for our goals. Cool. <laughs> so, shout out to. Don't butcher anyone's name. <laughs> That's why I'm not reading them. This, this is why. <laughs> I want to say thank. Shout out to Hi. I think it's Hiron or Hiron or Hi Aaron. Hi Aaron. Yeah. Do so you know who you are? Yeah. Do H-I-A-R-O-N Oh, oh <laughs> Again to reiterate H-I-A-R-O-N Yeah, so shout out to you Thank yeah. you very much for your comment You just basically said Excellent, intelligent conversations Looking forward to listening every week Thank you And thank you also to Rory, I want to say So Rory Erica Coco um, and she just basically said she um, discovered us late last year and she's been hooked ever since. And those comments mean a lot to us and motivate us to record more episodes. So thank you very much, guys. And we hope you enjoyed the interview and the rest of your weeks. Thank cool. you.